It's my pleasure to welcome you all for a conversation with a person that I really admire. She's Queenie Chu. Queenie Chu was born in Hong Kong, emigrated to Canada in 1980 after completing her nursing studies in the United Kingdom. Queenie is known for her passion for diversity and inclusion. In 2012, Queenie moved to British Columbia after being appointed as CEO of Success, one of the largest nonprofit social service organizations in the program. At Success, she leads committed teams to develop and provide innovative programs in the areas of employment and language training. Under Queenie's leadership, Success is an active advocate for multiculturalism, diversity, and inclusion. I asked Queenie to join today for my first conversation, as I believe that she is a real change maker. She looks at status quo and says, no, I don't accept that. And she, she works tirelessly so that in our Canada, nobody will be left behind. It's a real pleasure to have you on with us today. Queenie, you know, we are all celebrating the Asian Heritage Month. And I, I want to tell you that in the Senate, normally when during the Asian Heritage Month, we have all come together and celebrated Asian Heritage Month. It has been one of the biggest celebrations in the Senate. And I have gone and cooked all kinds of things like gulab jamu and burfi and, and had lots of fun cooking. Uh, once my staff, wonderful staff, and I cooked around a hundred, uh, no, a thousand gulab jamus. It was a real adventure. I don't think I'll ever do that again. But I want to say to you that in the Senate, Asian Heritage Month is very special. And we would like to hear from you what Asian Heritage Month means to you. Well, thank you very much, Senator uh, Jabbar. And definitely it is my honor and pleasure to be able to have a conversation with you uh, in looking at uh, celebrating Asian Heritage Month. And, and to me, Asian Heritage Month is an opportunity for all Canadians to learn about the many achievements and contributions of Canadians of Asian descent, who throughout our history have done so much to make Canada the amazing country we share today. And I have great pleasure to champion a lot of activities as success and also in the community to unite ourselves and embrace ourselves in the values of diversity and inclusion, which I it's definitely inspire many of us for the long and rich history of these Canadians who continue even today to enrich our country and make it more vibrant and inclusive and compassionate society where we live. So this is very important for all of us as Canadians to embrace the incredible diversity that is our strength in our country. There is absolutely no uh, doubt in my mind that our, our diversity is what gives us strength and Canada is in the special position it is in because of our tremendous diversity. And you know, sometimes we even forget that um, uh, the foods that we had from other countries 
are not part of Canada's foods. I remember when my grandson was little uh, and I said, asked him what was his favorite Canadian food. And he said, without even batting an eyelid, it was dim sum. And uh, I know my, our, we all laughed because uh, obviously to him, that was Canadian food. And so, you know, we are, uh, you know, in, in Canada, very blessed that we think we have adopted, we have integrated different foods, different cultures, and that just makes us stronger. And Queenie, I think it would be a good thing for you to speak about some of the contributions of Asians to Canada, if you could give us some examples. Well, there are tons of examples. I don't think there would be enough time to, to, for me to name all those amazing uh, people who've been making uh, such incredible uh, contributions to our country. And uh, certainly, you know, for example, our Canada uh, governor, you know, David Lamb, who uh, was our former uh, LG in British Columbia, who made such a contribution uh, to, uh, to, to every British Columbians um, during his term and truly is a philanthropist, was a philanthropist, as well as truly looking after our communities, embracing it, diversity and inclusion. Just to name a few. And certainly, you know, there's amazing people like, you, you know, Senator, you yourself uh, is an example for every one of us that we so inspired, looking at, you know, the contribution from everyone across uh, the countries, regardless of the background. You know, uh, certainly uh, uh, over the last two centuries, immigrants have journeyed to Canada from East Asia, Southern Asia, Western and um, uh, and uh, Southwest Asia, bringing our, bringing our society a rich cultural heritage, representing many languages, ethnicity, and religious traditions. And Senator, you just mentioned about um, you know, food, which really brings um, the opportunity to share, to learn one and from one another in terms of the culture um, and also uh, uh, customs and even costumes that, that, that we so admire and looking at, you know, the people of this diverse, vibrant and growing community really have contributed to every aspect of life in Canada from arts, from the arts and science to sports, uh, business and government. So uh, even though uh, May is declared as the Asian Heritage Month, I think beyond that, it really offers all Canadians an opportunity to learn about the history of Asian Canadians and to celebrate uh, the contribution to the growth and prosperity of Canada. So, you know, um, I have to say to you that uh, I'm very allergic, and I myself mentioned it, I'm very allergic to people talking about food and dance because I want, everybody accepts the food and dance, but I want people to accept our, our who we are. And, but now I've come resigned to the fact, and that I learned from um, Lieutenant Governor Levi Lam is that food and uh, dancing and culture is a way to have invite people into our home. And once people are in our home, we can um, learn from each other who we are, where we come from, what our challenges are. And so it's a good way, it's a good way to invite people into our homes. 
But Queenie, I, I have to tell you that this Asian Heritage Month has really been marred for me. Normally, I really want to celebrate Asian Heritage Month. And every year I get up and talk in the Senate about Asian Heritage Month. But this year I'm very disappointed. And you know, when I saw in that grocery store, an elderly man being kicked out uh, by an angry person. And um, I could, I was, my shock was that nobody went to help him. Nobody went to rescue him. And what were the bystanders doing? And what I would like Queenie to, because you are right in the middle of it. People come to you for help. If you can speak about um, what's happening about the anti-Asian sentiments and the hate crimes, because it's a slippery slope from where we truly, truly believe in our diversity and multiculturalism. Can you please tell us what's happening in the communities? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, even before, uh, before COVID-19, there has been a growing concern across Canada, uh, a rise in uh, behavior towards uh, minorities of racial backgrounds. Before the threat of COVID-19 become a daily concern in our, our lives, agonizing behavior towards Canadians and newcomers of Asian heritage as well as to those who may practice other religious uh, beliefs, had already become an increasing disruption to our communities. When COVID-19 began to spread, a rise in incidents of shameful behavior, blaming minorities, hit as well. So uh, certainly I appreciate the fact that you know, many elected officials express their concern in the increase in the racist behaviors towards Asians and other minorities. You know, I was I was uh, privileged to participate to, at the last, um, the most recent uh, Vancouver Police Department uh, news uh, release news conference to speak about uh, the impact. On, um, the, uh, on the demographics that are affected. And certainly, you know, they also reported that there is a drastic increase in the hate crime in the first four months of this year. As you mentioned, um, you know, Senator, the examples include the recent despicable attack uh, against a 92-year-old uh, Asian man at a, a convenience store, and also, uh, you know, in, uh, other incidents like the racially motivated assault against a woman aboard a local SkyTrain, or other examples uh, that uh, Asian women were attacked during the daylight at a, a transit station. Uh, or um, another example, uh, include the hate crimes attacking uh, towards a First Nation woman who was mistaken to Asian. So these uh, disgraceful behaviors totally are unwarranted. This conduct is divisive and it is unacceptable to how we define ourselves as Canadians. You know, just last night, just, just uh, Queenie, just last, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. 
But just last night, I saw a young woman, very well-dressed, walking behind a, an elderly Asian woman and tripping her. And there were bystanders standing up, and they were not doing anything. And, you know, what do we need to tell people this is not acceptable? You cannot walk away from such such deeds. You know, you have to stand up for the most vulnerable in our society. Absolutely, Senator. It, it also reminds us that much work needs to be done to further community understanding and education to people, whether, you, whether the individuals are affected directly or indirectly affected like the bystanders. What are their roles and responsibilities? While they maintain the safety of the situation to themselves, but what are the, the expected roles and responsibilities of those people who are witnessing the situations? This kind of education needs to be uh, offered to the community, to every one of us, so that we will be able to stop uh, the uh, bigotry and xenophobic behaviors that happens to any um, minorities or racially uh, uh, religious uh, or re uh, sorry, religious affiliation and community organization. This got to be stopped. So you know, you are very complimentary saying that our our leaders have spoken up against this, and they have. Prime Minister uh, Trudeau has, Premier Horgan has, and I'm very grateful for that. But I don't think, and I am writing to them that I don't think that's enough. Because, yes, I appreciate them saying, you know, this is unacceptable and taking that leadership. I appreciate that. But that's not enough. What impact is it having on the Cajun communities, especially to our children? You know, my grandchildren, my children are saying, do we belong to Canada? And these are people who are born in Canada. When does a Canadian become a Canadian? And, you know, I... I understand that we are diverse, we are multicultural, but are we still, as Asians, accepted as Canadians? What do we have to do to, for people to see us as Canadians? I'll give you one very quick example. You know, my daughter, many times people, when she would travel internationally, would say, but you don't look Canadian. And then we had um, the Governor General, Madame Jean, become Governor General. And she was able to say, look, my governor general looks like me. And, you know, that's the kind of thing we people have to resort to. And so I ask you, what, when will people accept us as being Canadians? What do we have to do? Um, I think there is a multi-pronged approach uh, to this long-standing uh, issue. Um, and certainly, you know, racism existed you know, uh, uh, since mankind. So uh, it is a journey for us. And, you know, uh, we have uh, lots of opportunity to look at different ways of addressing the issues, starting from, let's say, the education, K-12, to uh, to the young people. Uh, what has been in the curriculum to address these very real issues? Again, you know, research has shown to us racism is a learned behavior. People did not, people 
do not, uh, were not born with racism. They learn over the years of the lifetime. So starting from young, what have we been teaching the uh, our young people, our children about this particular situation? What do they should? What are we expecting them to do when those situation happens? What were the history telling them? You know uh, the contributions to uh, Canada, as we are so diverse. As you mentioned, you know it's not just one color. All the diversity that shows our strength in our uh, country. So how are we being able to pass along the education um, to the young people, to our children? Um, and how do we actually uh, stand up and speak to it and allow the opportunity to really uh, shape up those situations? What are the consequences to the to the to the uh, law reinforcement uh, people? What are the consequences when these offenders happen? When this situation happen? What are the consequences to the offenders? Um, how can we uh, reinforce that? And again, as everyone in the community, not just the affected demographics, not just the Asian communities. I think we all need to stand up and say that this is not we are supporting. And in fact, those people who have committed those terrible offenses should be addressed. And again, to every one of us, we should report those incidents as they happen. So, uh, so again, you know, the education to the public for those people who are not directly affected, and yet they didn't understand the impact uh, to the uh, to the demographics that are affected. Let them know that how and when, uh, who they should be. Uh, making before they're making those remarks to people, then they should be looking at what are the impacts to others. Be aware of the surroundings and the environment where they make those uh, remarks, and that could be hurtful to certain demographic. And and that's that's the challenge that we have. That's the work we have to do now because I think the next stage to multiculturalism is acceptance, and you know we've all been giving. Uh, a lot of, uh, um, you know, uh, saying how great multiculturalism is, but the next stage of multiculturalism is harder because now we have to find ways in which we accept, you know, uh, it's even my angst in the Senate because, you know, uh, yes, we talk about multiculturalism and yes, there is a lot of acceptance, but still we have a long way to go. I want to thank you for giving us so much time today. And we look forward to talking to you and hugging you again soon. Take care, Winnie. Thank you very much, um, and uh, Senator Jeffer. And you've been an excellent uh, example for all of us, and it's inspirational. And thank you very much for your time.